Good morning, good evening, good day, and welcome to Drama Buds. I'm Francine, I really love K-dramas, and I'm going to spend as much time as I want talking about them. Welcome to my podcast. So hello everyone, uh, welcome to a brand new year, brand new year with Drama Buds. Um, excited to talk about even more K-dramas and tropes and everything uh, in this new year. And we're going to start it out with, you know, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Moon Lover Scarlet Heart Trio. And I'll just call it Scarlet Heart from now on because that's how we all know it. Um, this is a classic. This show is a classic. <laughs> it's kind of insane how popular this is. I mean, even before I became uh, a K-drama stan. So, a little background on me, of course. Um, back in 2016, I was still an avid XOL, a fan of EXO. And so, all I knew back then was that it was popular because uh, Baekhyun, the member of EXO, was here. And that the ending was sad. So that's that's all I know about this show. Uh, little did I know, um, four years later, my sister would be watching it and she'd be wrecked by it and telling me, just watch Scarlet Heart, watch it. And I'm just like, I looked at one clip and it looked like trash. I mean, I, I think it was the scene where Wang So or Ayu, oh, sorry, oh, <laughs> Ayu or Lee Jun Yi, one of them chased after the other person in this house and then they confessed to each other or something and it's just like close up after close up and i thought this looks terrible how could you watch a show that is entire almost entirely composed of close ups <laughs> but okay yeah i i assessed that it was trash and i would not watch it but um as we all know kang hanul happened and aside from kang hanul happening to me it came on view and so I thought, you know what, it's time. I will accept that it's trash. I will try my best to watch it. And I did. I watched it in three and a half days. I was hungover on one of those days. It was crazy, but I, I, I forced myself to stay awake, to stay alive and present so that I could finish this show in three and a half days. And I cannot believe that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Ever since this show, I've realized, you know what? Trash is fine. Trash is tolerable. I can deal with trash. I can watch trash. I haven't watched a lot of trash since then, but I'm sure if it, you know, if, if it touches my heart or if it, you know, engages me the way this show engaged me, I I would love trash. Let's let's all watch trash so yeah what this show taught me you know aside from whatever moral lessons there may be uh is that it's important to um reframe your your perspective when you're watching things um when you accept that a show is trash you appreciate what's really really good about it even more okay and you know um, just because of how insane this show is, um, so much happens in it. So I'm just, there will be, you know, barely any recap here. I'm just going to in- introduce the characters and then we're just gonna go all in on my thoughts <laughs> on this damn show. Okay, so first is uh, Heisu, played by Ayu. So Hajin, which is her 
name in the modern world. <laughs> yes, it's a time travel show, kind of. Um, so Hajin is like, she's shackled with death, she's alone, she's homeless, and she's by a lake, she's drinking, she's sad, and then she saves a kid from drowning, and then she drowns, and then she sees an eclipse in the sky through the water or something. And then when she, you know, floats back up, She's in a bathhouse, uh, surrounded by men. Okay, and then she escapes that and like finds out that, you know, in this world, in this life, she is in the Goryeo era, and the men that she saw in that bathhouse, um, were the princess who lived in the palace. And so, in this world, in this life, she is Hesu, which uh, who is um the the cousin of Wang Wook, the eighth eighth prince. The eighth prince's wife, Lady Hay, Taidwa Park Shiyun. Did I explain that right? She is the cousin of the wife of the eighth prince. So she lives in the eighth prince's residence. Alright. And so, you know, basically the show is about, I mean, in her story, it's about how she adjusts to life in the palace with all these princes. Seems simple enough, right? Um, so at first, you know, she's very confused. She's very naive. She's, you know, she's a modern gal suddenly thrust into the world of the Goryeo era. So yeah, it makes sense that she's very stupid and, <laughs> you know, she doesn't know anything. So it's fine. But, you know, she's very cheerful and all. And she's she's different from all the... The, sh- the timid, the manipulative, careful women out there. And so she attracts many of the princes. You know, namely um, Wang Un, played by Byun Baekhyun. Uh, Wang Wook, of course, played by Kang Ha Nul. And Wang So, played by Lee Jun Gi, who we will talk about later. And um, the one, the Wang, the prince that Jisoo plays, but that's barely explored, so I'm... I won't even. Okay, so, you know, things happen to her. Obviously, as most things should happen in a show. So, things happen to Hesu, And, you know, it's a lot of traumatizing stuff. A lot of life-threatening stuff. And she just becomes, you know, a more reserved person. As she adjusts to the palace and its various dangers and all. And, you know, it would be kind of weird that she started out so, like, cheerful and happy-go-lucky. And then she just becomes, like, this very timid, very quiet, um, you know, court lady person. But, you know, the show has a ton of time skips. Sometimes, I think it's like, there was a time, there was a time skip every episode, every other episode for, like, a while. It was pretty insane. And it's like, oh! In the middle of an episode, oh, we've moved three years in the future, all right? But, okay, but the point, my point is, because of all these time skips, it kind of makes sense why her character, you know, transforms so much throughout, you know, the 20 episodes of this show. Um, and what else is there about Hesu? Um, She kind of had a romantic relationship with Wang Wook for most of the show and she was you know i mean coming from like just the cousin of the wife to you know she became um she became a servant she became a servant then she became a court lady and you know <clears throat> she was pretty much powerless for like most of the show and it, it made sense that she was very like dependent on 
you know, Wang Wook. Um, but you know, as she becomes like the court a court lady and then the head court lady and kind of has her own power and I guess influence on the emperor and she becomes a more independent and confident person. Not, you know, cheerful and naive or just like tired and reserved. Like she becomes quiet but but competent and confident. So yeah, that's that's kind of Jesus story ish. She's not like a super, you know, superwoman. She's not a strong female character or anything, but but she has her strengths. <laughs> That's Jesus. Our next, of course, main character is Wang So, played by Lee Jun Gi. So Wang So is the fourth prince, and you know, essentially he was exiled, quote unquote, from the palace um, by being adopted by another family that you know as when he stayed with him he was kind of abused as a form of training or something I think they're like warrior people I'm not entirely sure it's been months since I watched the show but yeah and you know why was he exiled in the first place well he's he was shunned essentially by everyone because he has he wears a mask and that mask hides um a scar on his left eye and so like essentially just by wearing a mask you know you're hiding something about yourself you're hiding a flaw an imperfection in a society that um values beauty and perfection especially you know from from the royal family yeah and you know he's Constantly shunned by his mother, who prefers his her other sons with the emperor. So he has brothers, like full brothers that are also princess. Yeah, um, and yeah, he deals with that, and he also deals with his journey towards becoming um the fourth king of the Goryeo dynasty. And so when we when we first meet Wang, so he's you know he's coming from that family that adopted him and you know essentially turned him into a killing machine and so he's seen as like cruel and cold and dangerous essentially like, stay away from this prince even if he's a prince and you know like given everything he's been through and how they've like ostracized him and shunned him from his mask like, people don't actually know there's a scar behind that mask but they just assume that there's something ugly under there so he's probably ugly somehow and so he's not fit to be in our perfect world you know given all of that it, it makes sense why he's so cold and and why he's so gruff and why he why he kind of fit in with the abusive <laughs> violent people violent family that you know adopted him but, you know, of course, his heart softens when he falls in love with Hesu. And then the struggle becomes, you know, choosing between his love for her and his role as the emperor. So, that's the only recap I'm going to give you because I cannot. <laughs> this show is insane. By like, I don't know, episode 2, there was already an assassination attempt on the emperor or something, okay? By episode 6, life was miserable. Jesus was probably being sold off as the next empress. I mean, the next wife of the emperor or something. I'm pretty sure that happened at around that 
time period. I mean, that episode. So, yeah, this show's crazy. I cannot summarize the plot. But I will talk about my thoughts because I have quite a lot of thoughts. Let's start with um, what makes me call this show trash. I call it trash lovingly. Please, do not be defensive. I love this show. I call it trash because I love this piece of trash. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Forgive my words, but they are loving. <laughs> so, the, the bad. The bad in the show, um, you know, flat out the cinematography is just terrible. I mean, you watch a few clips from it and it's probably, you know, 75% close-ups. And you know what's annoying? Is I heard that this show had one of the highest budgets, you know, in K-dramas ever. I mean, not ever, but like at the time. And so, you know, I mean, they had this huge elaborate set. They all had a bunch of costumes. Like, <laughs> the princess had individual costumes. Like, they had matching costumes with their own, like, signature color in it. It's kind of cute, except, you know, the costumes kind of looked ugly and cheap. <laughs> but... <laughs> But moving on, the cinematography was just so bad. Like, there were so many close-ups. And I don't understand why. Like, what did you spend the budget on? Their skincare? So that, you know, they would look good in all the close-ups that you're, you know, that you're using? It's like, it also didn't help that we watched it on view. And so, like, the quality just is not that great. So, you know... Maybe one day, um, one day, Scarlet Heart will be on Netflix and I will watch it in its Netflix HD glory. And it will probably still be terrible, but I will be able to see their skin <laughs> at its best. I mean, I don't know, just watch it for like one episode. Okay, maybe not the first episode because it's kind of terrible. But you'll just notice, okay? You'll notice that most of their faces are like, it's not even a normal close-up. It's like their chin is cut off close-up. It's that bad. It should not be that close. Oh, I don't know why this director has this particular style, but whatever. It was whatever. Okay, I, I it was just bad. Moving on. You know what else is bad about the show? The writing. And you would say, what? What do you mean you like a show with bad writing? Hear me out. The writing's bad in the light parts, you know, in the comedy parts. It's just so cringy. Like the jokes or whatever banter they tried to, you know, write with all the princess. It was just so bad. I don't know how to describe it. Cringy is the word, which is I don't usually like the word cringy because what what does cringy even mean? Cringy can mean anything to anyone. Like some people may find it funny. Maybe corny. Corny is the word, or it's just like, you know, um what what do you call that humor where you have to elbow people just to see like, haha, that's the joke. You know, that kind of humor. It's pretty terrible. And <laughs> I hated like, you know. The first few episodes, I guess, because that was when they were still pretty happy and they were making jokes and being comedic. And I hated it because it was terrible. <laughs> and, okay, in some ways, the plot itself is kind of insane. And, you know, maybe if I didn't accept that this show was trash, I would think that's a bad thing about it. 
I mean, okay, it's bad because it's kind of insane. And so if you don't come in with the right expectations that it's trash, you would be taken aback by how fast things are moving. But that that will be further discussed later. <laughs> Wait for it. So another, you know, negative point about this show, um, the acting. <laughs> And now, calm down, everyone. Calm down. Ah, okay, first, I just have to put it out there. Not going to lie, even as an exostan, Pekin was terrible in the show. I, I mean, makes sense why he never acted in a K-drama or in a movie after this. Because it was really bad. <laughs> I mean, Baekhyun as Wang Un was like, I know he's like the comedic prince you know he's the comic comedian relief whatever but it was really bad and it didn't help that the writing that his parts were mostly comedic and that the comedic writing was bad and cringy so yeah Baekhyun was cringy and okay I think this is also related to writing and so it's not entirely the actor's fault it's not even entirely the director's fault like at the core of it the characters, the other princess, aside from the ones I will discuss later, the, the other princess and the supporting characters, they're very one-dimensional. I mean, there's the funny prince. There's the the nice, artsy prince. There's the evil, manipulative, ambitious prince. Um, You know, there's the mother who hates her ugly son, queen. Um... Essentially, they're all pretty one-dimensional. And so, I feel like even the actors, even the director didn't know how can we make this, you know, interesting? How can we switch it up? But why would we switch it up? You're not going to change. You're going to be exactly the way you are throughout your entire, you know, run in this show. So, why bother trying to add some nuance to the acting? Just act. (laughs) And so, yeah, I feel like that's, it's not entirely the actor's fault anymore. It, it's really like the core of their character is pretty much not worth putting in that much effort for. So yeah. Yeah, that was bad. And lastly, Ayu. Oh, I, you know, everyone knows I love Ayu. I mean, Ayu as Lee Ji An is a revelation, right? But Ayu was Hesu. Mm. And it's not like, oh, it's her first time acting or it's her first few roles. It's like, no, she's had a lot of experience by now. But this was really bad. I mean, she's good at tearing up and crying. She's good at the emotional stuff by now. But uh, I also think this might be the director's fault. She had like this one facial expression, you know, the scared deer look. Which was constantly her face throughout most of the show. When she was a happy-go-lucky, cheerful person. When she was, you know, traumatized and sad and scared. When she was reserved and quiet. When she was, you know, confident but still kind of scared and sad. Um, She was, you know, a petrified deer. And it didn't help that her face was just, you know, the, the shot was a close-up to the maximum. And it was just, you know... Her face, the same face for all 20 episodes. She's she's pulled that face at least once in every episode. And so, I mean, it makes sense in the plot, right? She's a modern girl thrust into a world that she did not know much about. Like, 
and then you know came all the stuff that happened to her the traumatizing things the fear the pain it makes sense that she is scared and that she's a petrified deer but 20 episodes one face okay you cannot blame people <laughs> for getting sick of it and just i mean i heard like you know i use reputation as an actress kind of went down because of this role and i feel really bad for her but you know somehow she made her way into getting into becoming legian so all is well <laughs> this role was bad she did her best i guess <laughs> still bad though but that's most of the bad for me at least like that's you know that's it after this it's all good stuff and that's that's crazy for a show that i call trash okay first great thing about the show not even great like amazing legendary um the ost of the show it's just for me one of the best osts of all time all time og best um all songs are bops. I still listen to it nowadays. Even the sad song, even the death song, where you know, Lady Hey and Lady O oh and Wang Un. I think. Oh, spoiler! Yeah, I'm sorry, Bitcoin guys. Uh, once again, should I even put spoiler alerts? But yeah, a lot of people die, and then the sad song plays. Even that song, I listen to it when it you know comes up in the playlist. But just really one of the best OSTs ever. I. Even if it doesn't entirely fit into, you know, a saguk show. Like, so what? They're bops. So, yeah. My favorite OST of all time. Next great thing about this show. The plot. Francine, didn't you just say the writing was bad? I said the writing. I didn't say the plot was bad. <laughs> okay. So, if I could describe the plot of Scarlet Heart in one word, it would be wild the show is wild it's super wild and because it's so wild it's never boring like within the first episode i was like wow this show is very engaging despite all the terrible things about it <laughs> very engaging <laughs> you know i mean plot lines finish in like two to three episodes yeah by the by you know by the next episode or the episode after that like we're done discussing this problem you know we're done discussing this political issue or this manipulative move by one of the princess or the queen we're done we're moving on guys or maybe there was another time skip maybe there were two time skips in the span of three episodes who knows <laughs> but you know if startup if startup were written with this pacing um, they would have revealed the truth behind the letters by episode 4. And, you know, by episode 10, like, you know, uh, they would be uh, going against a huge conglomerate, tech conglomerate for some reason. Who knows? Um, my point is, if if every show were written like Scarlet Heart or paced like Scarlet Heart, we would be getting so much done, you know? It's just like crossing things out of a... A list it's like okay plot point one two three four five immediately cross it all out within one episode it's cool we're gonna get through this and when you accept that the pacing and the plot itself is kind of insane and yes it's unrealistic it doesn't even fit the mood of a sago that well i've heard some of those criticisms i don't fully understand it because i don't watch a lot of sagos um but yeah if you just go along with the ride 
it's a solid ride. It's a great, wild, fun ride. And you're going to enjoy it. Once again, just accept that it is what it is, which means it's not that great in many aspects. And that's how you, you will appreciate the great aspects that are actually there. It's a very polarizing show. <laughs> Next good thing about the show is Wang So, Lee Jun Gi's role. So, Lee Jun Gi is the best actor in this cast. He is he's miles ahead of everyone else, like in the main cast, which is like IU plus the princess. Except for maybe Kang Hanul. He's the only one that's kind of like pretty good. But I'll explain that later. You know, Wang So is the most like layered character, right? I mean, oh, if you stopped, like if you stopped uh, your image at him being like you know, cruel and aggressive and manipulative, then, you know, you're just like the rest of the people who shunned him and ostracized him and made him into that cruel and cold and aggressive person. Okay, like, he's a product of how, like, society and how his, you know, quote-unquote family treated him. And so, like, it's... It's kind of amazing to watch how he like unpacks all of that and comes out like even stronger and even finds love despite everything. It's I don't know, he's just so interesting. Um he's gone through a lot and so even if he comes off as like this guy is bad, he's mean, he's aggressive, but because he's so layered and because he's actually gone through gone through a lot of like injustice and you know painful things in his life like you sympathize with him i i hope people sympathize with him because it kind of hurts to go through all of that and still be seen as you know the evil king the evil emperor so yeah another um good part of this show is wang wook i am look look it's not just because Wang Wook is Kang Hanul's character. Though it helps that Kang Hanul is portraying him because he's also great, you know? I mean, I'm just saying, like, he's the second best actor in the show. <laughs> but, you know, the thing I love about Wang Wook is how a lot of people don't actually understand his character. Like, everyone just thinks, oh, he's like, he's the, the nice prince, you know, he's the second lead syndrome, uh, he's the one that got away, he should have ended up with Hesu because he's so kind and perfect and loving and all that. But, I mean, he is, all those things, sure. But, you have to understand that his main, like, character trait, I think, based on how I understood him, is his um need or like his focus on self-preservation like despite everything what's most important to him is that he preserves his safety his family safety their position and and their power you know it's like okay you could see him as like this extremely kind person right and then suddenly in some episode that I forgot, he started siding with Wang Yo, uh, Hong Jong Yoon, Hong Jong Yoon's character, who is you know obviously the the evil prince with the you know crazy guy liner and whatever. Um, like you think, oh, so all this time was he, was Wang Wook evil? 
It's like, no, he wasn't evil all along. He sided with Wang Yo in that instance because that was the position that would most benefit him and his family. Okay? And like, here, here's the thing with him and Hesu and why it was just never going to happen. Yes, Wang Wook is kind. Yes, he did love Hesu. But once again, he always put self-preservation first. And so, you know, actively choosing her and actively fighting for her would put him in danger or, or his family or like would put their position in danger. And so he could lose his place in the palace. They could lose their place in the palace. They could lose their chance for, you know, for him to be emperor or for his sister, Kang Hana's character to, to be the empress. So it's like... He was never going to risk everything for Heisu, who by now was not really um, affiliated with the Hei family, the Hei clan. Um, because, yeah, his wife, uh, Lady Hei, died. And then Heisu became a servant, I think. She, yeah, and then she became a court lady. Like, it was just not going to happen, right? And so... <sighs> Like, that's the annoying thing about Wang Wook. It's like, you had her. She loved you. She was all in. She was just waiting for you to do something. But you never did anything. Not because, you know, you were um, you were scared of rejection or whatever traditional second lead stuff, excuses that people would say. Like, he just didn't do anything because he, it was more important for him to maintain his position in the palace. That's it. And so it's just he's just so fascinating to me because I just love like I love how he's not one dimensional like the other princess. Like the fact that I could say something about him more than he's the kind prince, he's the smart prince. He's not just that, you know? And then, you know, it helps that he got a lot of screen time and he got the the almost love line. And now that we have discussed the love line, it's time to talk about the love triangle. You know, Wang Wook is, you know, once again, one of those, like, classic second lead syndrome characters. Like, Jung Wan from Reply 1988. Um, Jung Hain's character from While You Were Sleeping. I don't know his name. Most of Jisoo's characters. Um, Han Ji Pyong in Start Up, yes. But unlike those other, like, second leads, he didn't necessarily lose to the main lead because, you know, he never told her how he felt or he was always just seen as a friend like stuff like that none of those he f he had her right for most of the show until like episode 12 we all pretty much thought Hesu and Wang Wook would be the main couple right because i mean <laughs> it was pretty much shown there i mean lady hey his deceased wife literally told Hesu like you know Go after him <laughs> when I die. <laughs> All yours, you know, something like that. And, you know, at this point, you know, everyone was wondering, why is Lee Jun Gi on the poster with Ayu most of the time? Not Kang Hanul. I mean, the love line is obviously going in their direction. But alas, the greatest bait and switch ever that no show has properly and successfully pulled off since then is, you know, suddenly just Wang Wook out Wang So in <laughs> you know by episode 12 we kind of knew you know what Wang Wook there's no there's no hope for him and Heisu anymore like they've they've both given up on that on, on this on them finally ending up together 
but it was Wang So who, you know, literally sweeped Hesu off her feet. And the thing is, the thing is, like, <sighs> despite all the problematic things in the start of Hesu and Wang So's like romantic relationship, it's very classic K drama, you know, the the kind of forced kiss and the sweeping her off her feet non consensually, you know, it's yeah, classic K drama doesn't excuse it doesn't mean it's acceptable but it is what it is and it's not like it's super old that it's like this is the norm it's like we've kind of progressed since then but okay we acknowledge that it is problematic all right next (laughs) okay but you know at the start at the start of their relationship you don't know how how the hell will Hesu you know eventually fall in love with Wang So like for real for real because she was kind of you know, dealing with... Uh, I forgot if, like, this happened before episode 12, so Wang Wook still kind of had a chance. I I'm, I forgot when this entire incident happened. But, you know, essentially, we didn't know how, you know, she would fall from, like, from Wang Wook, you know, this super kind, super caring um, uh, prince, and then suddenly it's going. she's going to fall in love with Wang. So, like, we don't know how that's going to happen. But wait... <laughs> Just when you look back, when you, when you really look at the development of, you know, Wang So and Hesu's relationship, it's really, I mean, it's about Wang So finally find, feeling seen and accepted by someone. You know, it's like everyone runs away from him. And yeah, of course, Hesu was afraid of him at the start because that's what everyone was telling her to to feel or to to be like towards him but then you know he was the only person who like she could banter with freely like or like she was the only person who he could banter with and stuff and like they were really cute and friendly almost right like even when Jesus said like she was feeling alone in the palace I'm not entirely sure if I remember this right. The scene, right? Like it's really beautiful. The one with the the door in the big tree and the lake. If you watch the show, you know exactly what shot I'm talking about. I forgot if this is that conversation, but like something about how she's not alone in the palace because you know Wang So is here. <laughs> so yeah, um, like I see how Wang So fell in love with Hesu because Hesu is the one who kind of empowered him. To, you know take off his mask and like she was the one who taught him how to put on makeup and like that's what gave him you know essentially like the free not the free pass what do you call it like it empowered him to finally take charge and kind of you know hide whatever scar whatever imperfection was there that made him be shunned <laughs> by everyone around him like he was able to take off his mask and rise to power essentially you know and and like essentially believe in himself that he he won't be held back by this scar or by this mask essentially so he falls for her that makes total sense totally um but she falls for him because after you know years and years of like promises with Wang Wook like all Wang Wook does is just you know Tell her promises, make promises to her about how, you know, he'll get her out of this and then they'll find a way to be together. But it was all promises, no action. 
and he never really fought for her you know it's like he could have gotten her years ago if he just like I'm not there sure like, if he just gave everything up for her like if he loved her that much he would but once again as you mentioned his main his main character trait is not kindness guys it's self-preservation <laughs> and so yeah none of his promises ever pushed through but it was Wang so who the moment he decided that he loved her and that he wanted her you know forced kiss sweep her off her feet take her to the beach <laughs> that's it um you know I mean, in the nicer way of saying it, she falls for him because after years of promises but no action from Wang Wook, here comes Wang So, who, you know, finally pulls through and fights for her. Even like, you know, to the point when he became emperor, like, she was his... She was about to be his queen, his empress. Like, that was almost going to happen. But... But alas, you know, she had a scar, so she couldn't be an empress or whatever. And like a lot of like the political societal things. And, you know, Kang Hana, her, the, the princess, Princess Yonwa, that's her character. You know, finding a way to become the empress. And then, you know, Hesu, even though she loved Wang, so she wouldn't accept that she was going to be a concubine. Like after all the pain they went through, like that was what she was going to be officially and then came the drama with like Cheryong dying and her being a traitor Cheryong is her the, her very first maid and basically her closest friend by the way and then you know Wang So essentially dismissing her death and saying like it had to happen because she was a traitor like don't feel bad she had to die and then you know Heisu got hurt by that and then she ran away and then she was sick and then Okay, <laughs> well, there we go. That's most of the last two episodes, probably. Okay, I digress. I won't go into the plot because there's just just too much going on. <laughs> but but yeah, you know, essentially, she just falls for him because he finally fights for her. You know, fights for her even up to the point of almost making her his queen, his empress. Right? Wang Wook would never. He would, you know, his mother would say like, oh no, you have to make this and this person your queen because um, she, this, uh, we need to form an alliance with their noble family or whatever. And Wang Wook would be like, sorry, Heisu, I can't. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I just, I love him. But despite all the problematic things about Wang So and like the start of his relationship with Heisu, their relationship still makes more sense to me, Wang So and Hezu. And I rooted for them. Yeah, yeah, despite Wang Wook being Kang Hanul. Despite that, I was still on Wang So's side. And so to me, Wang Wook isn't even like, oh, one of those ultimate second leads. It's like, no, he got his chance, guys, and he blew it. That's that's his problem. That's not Wang So's problem, okay? And is that it oh man i feel like there should be more but i mean the show's kind of crazy and there's a lot of bad you know as i mentioned there is a lot of bad in this show <laughs> like on the technical level even the writing and the characterization there's a lot of bad in this show but the good the good is great like once again let me reiterate when you accept that it's trash you'll appreciate what's good about it even more 
right? And then sometimes that's life. <laughs> you know, um, Scarlet Heart is probably the trashiest show I've watched, but I still haven't watched a lot of the classics, you know, the 2000s classics. I might try. We'll see. But Scarlet Heart is good, despite everything. That's all I have to say. Um, you know, watching Scarlet Heart, it made me tolerate like the terrible cinematography of it. Okay, that's not that's love, right? Same director as this. So, you know what? That that show, it's okay. That's love is in my top five. This show, uh, Scarlet Heart, is like my top ten or top nine, I think. So yeah, despite how ugly it looks, I still love these two shows. And so, yeah, because I watched Scarlet Heart first before It's Okay, That's Love, I would like to thank Scarlet Heart for desensitizing me to how ugly the cinematography is. And and so I was able to tolerate that in It's Okay, That's Love. And I found one of my favorite shows ever, right? Um, I'm thankful. Thank you, Scarlet Heart. (laughs) Um, What else? You know, even if it's insane, like the pacing of the show is incomparable. No show has come close to the pacing of this show. I think. I will get back to you on that if I find another show that is kind of as intense or as engaging as this is for me. But yeah, it's just, it's incomparable to anything out there. I haven't watched anything like Scarlet Heart in many ways. Um, And like, the impact of this show the impact of the show, okay, it did not do well locally, obviously. Um, Ratings-wise, it was not great. Um, and yeah, it was also not critically acclaimed either. <laughs> but internationally, the impact of this show, years later, I mean, actually even during, while it was airing, aside from, you know, Baekhyun being there and EXO being the biggest group at the time, aside from that, like, the show really blew up because you know I heard about it aside outside of like my K-pop circles. So yeah, the show was huge and it's still pretty huge until now. Like people are still clamoring for season two, even though I don't know why people would ask for season two. Like what what is going to happen in season two? They're not going to go back to the Saguk era. I mean the Goryeo era stuff and what? So you just want to see what happens to them in the future? Like what? What is season two going to be about? I don't understand. And also, like, they cannot afford all these actors anymore. And so, yeah, like, all the people in this cast, uh, essentially, you know, IU and the princess, they're all doing really well right now. They're all pretty, like, famous and pretty popular. Except for Wang <laughs> Oan. But he's he's back um, on screen now. He's, he's on Hot Stove League. He's in Awaken. So... Yeah, he's pretty much also doing okay in his career right now. He's booked. So, yeah, all of these people, they're really famous. So, yeah, the production company will not be able to afford all of these characters. Or at least the surviving ones. Oh, wait, no. If we're gonna do the reincarnation timeline... Whoa, look at me writing my season 2 of Scarlet Heart. But if we're going to focus on, like, the modern era reincarnations of them, they could all be alive, right? That's interesting. But once again, (laughs) what is the point of season (laughs) 2? If we're just going to focus on the modern era. (sighs) Who knows? Who knows? I don't know what season 2 beggars are asking for, but... Okay. I mean, you know what? 
it's it's hard to replicate a sensational drama like Scarlet Heart and despite all its flaws the many flaws uh the fundamental flaws okay despite all of that i would still recommend this show it's like you know give it the the it's trash disclaimer like it's trash if you accept that once again if you accept it watch it with that mindset and just go along with the ride i think you'll enjoy this show so that's it for me that's that's my scarlet heart episode i finally did it i finally talked about scarlet heart um yeah (laughs) once again i did not think i would like this show but i did (laughs) and it's a ride i highly recommend it with like a high level of tolerance you know just, just let things slide and you'll enjoy so once again that's it that's it for me thank you so much for tuning in and see you soon Bye.